What's good, y'all? It's your host, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today we have special guest Karita Karita Parks to recap the Wizards offseason. Let's get started. You are locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today we have special guest Karina Parks from Double Take Sports. Uh, happy belated birthday, and how was thank your birthday? You. It was great. As we discussed, I turned 21 again. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I had a great time. I went home to Florida, visited my family for a little while, then took a road trip up to St. Petersburg. Tampa area, kind of chilled out there, and then went back home for my actual birthday, spent time with family, and then came back home. So, But it was good. It was a nice break. It was hot, but but I enjoyed myself. Right. Definitely. That's the way to do it. 97 degrees today up in the DMV. So, yeah, it's been super, super hot. I'm going to be like, this is cool because, whoo, that Florida heat almost took me out. I was like, I forgot. Didn't think I forgot for a second. <laughs> right. All right. So we're going to jump into the Wizards talk. Uh, they made a lot of moves, but I do want to start out with um, the starting five. A lot of people have been debating, you know, between who's going to start at the three. You can kind of possibly pencil in Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole. Kuzma obviously going to start. Gaffer is obviously going to start because, um, you know, he's a good rim protector. And we don't have a lot of big man death. We don't have a lot of centers on the roster. Yeah. But uh, who's your starting five for the Wizards opening night? So, yeah, you kind of mentioned it. So, for me, it's I think it's going to be Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, definitely Gafford, Corey Kispert, and Kyle Kuzma. That's, that's what I'm going with for the starting <laughs> five right now. <laughs> right. And why do you go with Corey Kispert? I just think because he has been because he's been on the team for a while, he's got the experience. He has been in the starting lineup. If you look at the starting lineup over the season, he's been a starter quite a few times throughout the season last year. So I think we're going to see that carry over at least in the beginning of the season. I mean, that could definitely change as we go, but I think he'll be the starter up front. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I have Corey Kisper. It's it's really fifty fifty between him and Denny. At this point, yeah. I can I yeah. see one start. Then he started off the season last year. Then he got moved to the bench. They put Gafford as a starter. But I like Corey Kispert a lot. Um, for almost a forty percent three point shooter, um, almost ninety percent from the free throw line, and he's athletic. He can cut, move without the basketball. He's just a great shooter. And end of the year, uh, great uh, last year when they sat Bill and they sat Kuz and some other guys. I thought he did a really good job. So uh, I can really good. see it going either way. I could definitely see it going either way as well. Um, but I do agree with you on Kispert. He had he ended the season on a much higher note and he just shows more confidence, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, I, I feel like they give Denny chances to show showcase what he can do, so they may. Um, but I do agree. I think it's 50-50. Going Corey now. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I do like Denny's fit on the bench. I feel like he can do more. 
because Kyle Kuzma's going to get a lot of shots up. Jordan Poole's going to get a lot of shots up. And Corey's a guy that doesn't really need the ball in his hands. Denny's more of a ball, a guy that needs the ball in his hands to be successful. Um, so I do like Denny's fit coming off the bench, too. Yeah, but y'all forget one thing, though. Defense? Contra- no, I know you're going to say it. Defense. Well, that, that, that is the thing. Contract year. Look, yeah. you know, he's trying to get that bag, man. You know, for him to get that bag, man, he's got to start. You know, this is his year to be that guy on the starting unit, man. Because it's like, it's like, um, are you going to promote a guy who only works on the weekends to manager? Nah, <laughs> you need the guys going to put out there and, get, and put some significant minutes. So that that's kind of why I'm kind of ebbing towards Denny, man. I, I mean, I see your logic behind Kispert because with Kispert, man, the shots money, you know, his, his cut to the basket is money. His basketball IQ is just superior. It's just to me, Denny, you know, for him to get that bag, he's got to be a starter because I, I just can't pay a guy to sit on the bench. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's 50 50. I kind of agree with you guys, but. I think just purely on the fact that it's a contract year is why I'm kind of going to push Denny in the start lineup. I see that logic as well, because he does. I mean, they're going to want to see should they pay him, especially this new regime. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it definitely can go 50 50. That's the only those are the only two that I am like, eh, it could go either way. The rest of it, I feel fairly locked in on, but definitely could go either way. But your logic on Denny being in a contract year is a good point. Yeah, yeah. so we um, I'll go ahead. E. No, it, it makes sense. I mean, they they are making him sit out of FIBA. Uh, they made that decision because they don't want him to, you know, try to. They don't want him to possibly have another injury like he did last year in FIBA. So that makes a lot of sense, and then. A lot of people want to, a lot of a lot of people who comment on our videos and on social media, they want to see Jordan Poole start at the one. So that's an option too, but I don't see that happen. I think Tyus starts at the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think Tyus, man, you know, now that we're talking about Tyus, man, I think you know, we, we talked about uh, previous videos that I see him starting the beginning of the regular season, but I think that you know, the second half of the year, man, I, I'm very intrigued to see Jordan Poole point, man, because look, you know, he's got to show up the, the turnovers, but man, that vision. And the fact that, you know, what we've been saying the last couple of years, look, we need to push the pace, push the tempo. You know, Dinwiddie and Monte just were too stagnant, man. And I think that yeah. that was a big reason why we had a lot of issues on the offensive end. It was just too stagnant of an offense. You know, John Wall, look, John Wall made his money off of catching off uh, defenses off, off balance, just transition, killing people in transition. So if they can push the pace, man, which I can see they can do with Jordan. Now, you know, Tyus, he can run a little bit, man, but he's more of a jogger, you know, so – but. Yeah, beginning of the year, I can see him starting, but i like to see Jordan Poole in the second half, man. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of changes in the second half of the season. I think, you know, obviously the first half of the season is what they're going to go off of, like what they know. But I definitely think we're going to see some switch-ups in the second half of the season. I mean, I'm excited to see how things progress. I know there were mixed emotions about the Wizards offseason, but when I really sat back and thought about it, I was like, you know, they did a pretty decent job based on what they had to deal with. <laughs> especially with Bradley Beal and his no trade clause and some of the other pieces they had to move. So I think that they do have a squad that's going to at least be competitive. Right. A hundred percent. So we're going to get into some you other. No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, I've been getting hit with saying they're going to be competitive. You know, a lot of people oh, are like, Oh, really? oh they're like, Oh man, they're going to stink. I mean, I think they got too much talent to be the bottom of the Eastern conference. I mean, just, I, I like the moves. You know, I know you had to spend 90% of your cap. That's why a you know, big reason why Kyle Kuzma came back. But look, last year, you know, easy. Your your best leader was Kyle Kuzma. So, you know, you're bringing back a veteran leader. 
and it's going to be interesting to watch him and, and Jordan Poole. It really is. I think they're going to, they're not going to be total trash. They're going to be, um, I guess, a good product to watch. But I mean, really, I mean, we're not going to challenge for a championship. But I mean, they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, Jordan Poole's going to put up some serious numbers. I think we're going to see Jordan Poole have probably one of his better seasons. That's what happened with Kyle Kuzma because he had more opportunity here in Washington. If you really think about it, it's an opportunity for Jordan Poole to change the narrative, get a fresh start. And I think that he'll also have success here too. So we shall see. Yeah. We should see a pool party. He doesn't have to worry about any teammates, you know, get up in his face here. And, you know, he's definitely going to be stepping up as a leader. Uh, <laughs> in that, right, <laughs> and he's going to be stepping up as a leader. So, um, I mean, over under in a lot of sports books is at twenty four wins. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of tough. I can see it either way, but I, I I think it's definitely a research and development developmental year. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, you saw the solid three with Brad Kuz and Porzingis. They won thirty five games, so I think it would they probably win less than than thirty five games this year. Yeah, I don't think anyone expects them, like you said, to contend yeah. for a championship. I think the new regime is really, right now, they're looking to at least have a competitive squad, but they know there's more work to do and there's more pieces that they have to put together, but they won't be able to do that until next year. Mm, 100%. We're going to get to some more topics. Before we do get to that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to the first home run. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Got you. So let's roll into it real quick. Um, we were just talking about rebuild. So mm-hmm. in your eyes right now, um, with this current rebuild, that because you're, you know, we're year one in the rebuild, is this going to be a competitive rebuild or do you think this is going to be in for a long rebuild? What is your thinking with that? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's going to be a competitive rebuild. And the reason I say that is because anytime you bring in new people. So let's just step back for a second. Um, Ted Leonis, he brought in new people because he wants a championship team. But at the same time, the Wizards have not met expectations for several seasons at this point. So you got to strike a balance. I don't think there's a lot of patience for just a rock bottom team where you, and then that's what kind of what you would get if you did like this full, full rebuild. But I think we're going to see a competitive rebuild because they need, they know that they need to keep this team competitive, but they also have to think long-term as well. And I think they're thinking long-term, even with the moves that they've made just from my conversations um, with the GM. I think that they're thinking long-term with the moves that they have now, but they know that there's more pieces that are going to need to be in place in order for them to actually contend for a championship of any kind. But I see it as a competitive rebuild. Yeah, same here. I don't think, like I said before, I don't think they're trash. They're gonna be, <laughs> they're gonna be a really bad team that's gonna be very fun to watch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I mean, but you know, I think a lot of things have to happen 
right for them to be a competitive rebuild as opposed to a long-term rebuild. Because like you said, with these young guys, you know, especially the guys that are, you know, coming over from the Tommy Shepard era where, you know, Kisper, Denny and Johnny Davis, they have to take those steps, especially Denny contract year, you know, defensively he's on point, but offensively, you know, working on that three point shot, you know, working on his left hand, working on, you know, finishing through traffic, you know, if he takes that step, definitely a competitive rebuild. I mean, Corey Kispert, he's kind of is what he is. He's a sharpshooter who can cut to the basket, high IQ, but I'm not expecting him to come out and be Patrick Beverly. You know, he's never going to be that above average defender. And Johnny Davis, you see the score is just, you know, fine. He's got to be more efficient. You know, he can't chuck the ball up 18 times a game and he just can't do that. So, you know, I, I see the score in him. And obviously defensively, he's on point. But Blau Kulabali, I'm trying to tell you, I think out of the four, as far as who could be maybe an all-star level if they develop right, I think he's the one because seven-two wingspan, he's still growing defensively in the summer league. You saw that man, he is he, he can play some defense. Which I'd say. Yeah. I mean, if he can work that shot out and he can be more consistent driving the lane, we saw we, we I can really see a diamond in the rough with Kulabali. But you know, a couple of questions going forward as far as what can make this a competitive rebuild. They need a center. You know, I like Dan, I like Gafford, but long term, he's just to me, he's not that franchise center. So, you know, whether they go get Bradshaw in the draft next year, whether we maybe go get an Aiden, I think we definitely need to make a move for a long-term piece of center. But I, I'm with you. I definitely think it's going to be a competitive rebuild, not going to be a long one. I think three years from now, I think realistically we could challenge for a playoff spot. Um, So part of that foundation, Jordan Poole, coming over from Golden State, uh, Draymond Green's homeboy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. So looking at, <laughs> so looking at Jordan Poole, um, do you see him more as a cornerstone to build upon, or do you think he's a trade asset? I really think it could go either way. I feel like he's going to increase his value while he's in Washington, like I kind of mentioned earlier. But the question is, will he increase his value enough to, to be a cornerstone and a long-term asset to the Wizards, or will he increase his value to be a trade piece? I think it really could go either way. And I think that's, a, that's what the Wizards are banking on with him as well, because if he becomes a cornerstone, that doesn't hurt the Wizards. But if he becomes a trade piece, that doesn't hurt them either. So I really feel like with Jordan Poole, it could go either way. Yeah, I agree 100. I think that, you know, he. I'm not going to say – He's a piece that you can build around as being the guy, but he can definitely be part of the foundation of making this a competitive team. But trade asset, absolutely, because it was rumored that when we acquired him, teams were already looking for us to maybe potentially flip him again. So he definitely has interest. So I mean, what, what do you think, E? Um, I think, yeah, this is an opportunity for him to really um, take a leap in his career. You look at Laurie Markkinen, who got traded last year to the Jazz, and he turned into an all-star. He had a great season. Um, I'm not going to say Jordan Poole is going to turn into James Harden, but James Harden was traded from the Thunder. He was basically a six-man, kind of like what Jordan Poole was, and James Harden turned into what he was. Nobody was expecting – people knew James Harden was going to be really good as a scorer, but nobody thought he was going to turn into an MVP-caliber uh, player like he did with the Rockets. And I don't know if Jordan Poole would turn I'd, into an MVP, but I think he can definitely have an all-star season. The, the keys – he has the keys to the car with this roster, him and Kyle Kuzma. They're going to get a lot of shots up. Um, he's going to be able to show people, you know – I mean, we've seen the pool party. We've seen the handles. Can he calm it down a little bit with the turnovers? But um, he he had a chance to average really 25 points a night, man. He he might go out there and put up 25. He's going to have a couple 30-point games out there. Um, might even drop 40 here and there. So he's going to he's gonna have a lot of fun out there handling the ball. Um, he's going to have more ball handling duties for sure. So I, I think this is, a, this is a time where he can definitely 
change the narrative with him. You know, you saw him kind of going back and forth with coaches on the sideline, going back with staff and playing Draymond here and there a little bit. Um, so this is an opportunity for him to spread his wings. But, but as far as a trade piece, uh, we'll see. I think he's going to be here for the full season. And then after that, we'll see what they decide to do with him uh, after that. But, yeah, I mean, and a lot of people compare him to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They got a young guy with the Thunder. Will Dawkins just came from the Thunder. They got a young guy, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and see, see what, how they build around him. And they look like a really good young playoff team with Chet Holmgren, Lou Dort, um, Jalen Williams. So I think they could, if they draft well, I think they can build a young group around Jordan Poole where they can be a competitive playoff team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm intrigued by, you know, Jordan Poole. I just think that, you know, they got to solidify what, what, where they want him to go uh, long-term. I don't think Tyus Jones is a long-term answer point guard. You know, I definitely think he's going to do his job before the deadline, but I think Jordan Poole, I mean, I know people are going to get me for this. I already know. But I think he could be the point guard of the future because, look, he reminds me a lot of Gilbert Arenas. You know, Gilbert Arenas came over from Golden State. I'm saying so, you know, the fact that he could push the tempo, he can shoot at a high level of three-point, you know, he's got that vision. Now, Gilbert Arenas wasn't that guy to really pass a lot, but <laughs> I, I definitely see a lot of Gilbert Arenas. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think that he definitely needs to be in the cards as far as a long-term piece in D.C. Because I don't I think this – I like oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, go go ahead. <laughs> I'll just say I like that move though for that reason because he's a player with so much potential. And like you said, you know, he could either be here for a long for the long term or end up being a trade piece. And I don't know that the Wizards have really, you know, in the in the past few seasons had a situation where it could go either way like that and benefit them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I you know, I, I've been very impressed with his front office. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad that we don't have time because, I mean, they're just you have it because we. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say they're not playing any games. I mean, they. I like their personalities. They're not stuffy. You know, they're they're great with the media, but on draft night, like you see, we talked to Will Dawkins afterwards. Like he was all business. He was still friendly. He was like thankful. He was like, thank you for being here late, et cetera, et cetera. But he was about his business. And I was like, okay, okay. That's been it's it's, it's yeah. funny because they actually showed up late to the press conference. I know you were there, but when they called him out, they came late to the press conference. It was like 1 a.m. or something like that. And in the past, Tommy used to speak throughout the draft, but I'm assuming that because this was their first draft and they also came into the process kind of late, they probably were like, we need to focus, concentrate <laughs> and get through this first draft. But yeah, it was about one something in the morning. Well, I mean, they're showing true leadership. I mean, you, you got to look at it. I mean, this is really the big threes in the front office because you have three guys who could easily be general managers of their own team. And then you know, if you look at this whole Jenny situation, you know, Tommy Shepard, I mean, here's the thing. It's okay to be a player-friendly executive, but you've got to set parameters. You know, he was he was a little too friendly where he kind of let the players make decisions, whereas you got to be that guy to make decisions. And with Denny, you know, he had a minor injury, but they said, look, it behooves you to come on over <laughs> and not play for Team Mitchell this year because, look, it's a contract year. You know, the ball's in your court. So you, you get hurt long term, man. I mean, it's going to hurt your value as far as getting paid or if it's not if we're not the ones paying him, somebody, somebody's going to pay Denny just because on defense and defense is a, is a premium. So, yeah, I, I love what I see in this front office. They, they really I mean, I'm very, very, very impressed by this front office so far. So, yeah, yeah. and we're going to wrap up part one. 
We're going to get to part two where we're going to give some grades to the trades that the new front office has made. I just want to thank you guys for listening. Making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Make sure you guys check out part two. Subscribe, hit the like button. And uh, Krita, do you have anything to plug? Yes, of course. You can follow me on Twitter at Karita C. Parks. Also, Double Take Sports at DBL Take Sports. And that's also dbltakesports.com. So make sure you check out my work. That's where you can find everything that I do with the Wizards and all other sports on both platforms. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Hail to the Wizards. Peace.